Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Good morning. Good morning. Hallelujah. Now, there's a lot of things that you never thought you would ever see that you're seeing in these days, aren't you? And one of those is the preacher in jeans and no tie and tennis shoes. And I didn't even bring my official Bible. So we're flying blind today. Now, when you go into a, if you go into a shopping center, when you went into a shopping center, the first thing you saw was a map. And on that map is a little red dot, and it says, you are here. So let's locate ourselves today before we launch. Let's find who we are. Let's readjust our emotions and our thinking to what we really are and not what we feel or what we see in our natural eye. Bring it back in to encouragement. Bring it back into the knowledge of the Lord. Bring it back into who you are in Christ and what he has made you into his image. So when we do that, then we can begin to hear. The Bible says that you cannot see You cannot see outside of the kingdom of God, but when you come into the kingdom of God, you see. So let's ask the Lord for eyes to see and ears to hear. Now, let's do a test here just for a moment. And I want you to close your eyes. If you trust your neighbor, close your eyes. (laughs) In some places, you may have to close your purse while you close your eyes. But right here, we're, we're good here. We're in the church, all right? Close your eyes. Now, I want you to see your front door. I want you to look at it. All of you know what it looks like. Just You see it, don't you? Put your hand out and take a hold of the handle. Open it up and go in. You see your front room or your hallway or an extended something. Walk into it. There you are. You see it, don't you? Now, turn, go into the kitchen. Oh, oh, you left dishes in the kitchen. That's okay. We'll catch that later. Now, turn around, go through the front room. You see the TV and the fireplace. Okay. Now, open your eyes. That's exactly how the spirit works. Same screen, same inner eye, same imagination. Now, the imagination has really been worked on negatively by the church for a long, long time, way back in... uh, in uh, the beginning of the Protestant movement when they wiped out all imagination. 
And the theology has been passed on for all those years, since five, six hundred AD, whatever it was. And uh, so imagination became a nasty word, and the New Agers picked it up and ran with it, and they, uh, they imagine a lot of things. But the imagination is the bridge into the spirit. We begin to see, we begin to imagine. That's what dreaming is. When you, when you begin to plan something, you imagine it. And all the things that you have in your life, somebody imagined it. That cell phone you can't get out of your hand. It's super glued to you. That's an imagination. So the imagination is the bridge into the spirit. I see myself healed. I imagine, I'm thinking now that God is good. I'm realizing and my mind is filled with his goodness. I'm seeing myself physically and financially whole. I imagine this. Now, if you do the opposite of that, you, you, if you set your, your day uh, in thinking death and, and sorrow and brokenness and going to have more of what I had last week is going to be worse, then you'll get it because what you think on and what you imagine is drawn to you like a magnet. It comes to you. It just comes in. And so the Bible says one of, one of my favorite verses uh, <laughs> I like to repeat is Philippians 4, 8. Think on these things. What kind of things? Death, destruction, loss, you know, divorce, broken. No, he said think on what's pure, honest, good report, and so forth. So he gives us a shopping list or a checklist of what to think on. Talk about mind control. <laughs> God wants to have our mind under the discipline of truth. And truth is not, oh man, it's going to be bad tomorrow because the news just told me all hell's breaking out in Philadelphia or wherever other city is going, you know, having problems. We're going to have a tough time. No, the Spirit of God told me that he will bring us through. There's a, there's a trial, there's a bad time, there's a dark time. But he says there's light right there at the end of that that little sucker. I see some light flicker, and I'm going for it. And if you go for the light, if you go for the truth, if you you know these are biblical terms, and we use them by uh, you know as shorthand. I'm going for the light. What does that mean? There's something ahead of me that's giving me hope, and I'm going for it. Now, what? How do I? How do I go for? How do I go for it? I speak of it. I think of it. My conversations fill with it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Amen. Faith is the doorway into everything we have. So, good morning, everyone. How are you all doing? Have we all located ourselves? Because I have a word for you. It's going to be a life changer. I do not show up just to tantalate, tickle or stimulate. <laughs> I think I just made up a word there, but anyway, <clears throat> you get the point. I didn't show up just to fill the void between 11:15 and 12. <clears throat> I am here to change your life. I am a life changer. I change the minds, I change the spirits, I shake you up, and I could make you mad. But that's better than just being blah. So, you know, you got something going for you. You got some kind of emotion. And if uh, they always told me, uh, if if the bike's moving forward, you can probably balance it. Can't move the bicycle standing still. You got to roll it a little bit. So, God's going to get us on the move. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm glad I'm here. Glory to God. Amen. 
I used to hear preachers say, well, I'd rather be here than any hospital in the town. I thought, that's stupid. I don't know how, where they come up with that thing. I don't want to go to the hospital. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. Amen. And we have a hot rod show out in front of the church. I mean, God showed up in a hot rod. I'm telling you, that was, an, that was a sign that he was here. When I walked up and saw that 53 Merc or 54 Merc, I said, God, you are here today. Amen. All right. Uh, you know where my mind goes. All right, glory to God. Peter gives us a, uh, a, a, a kind of a shocking statement in First uh, Peter three seven, when he said, "My wife can hinder my prayers." Now, I was married at the old, 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 old age of twenty five. I thought my life was going to spin out of control any moment. I had to get, you know, Jesus, don't forget me. Well, 52 years later, I, 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 somewhere along the line, I discovered it was a God thing. You know what I mean? In the first couple of years, you wondered, and then God began to bang you on the head long enough to say, hey, this is, this is your jewel. Now, can't live without her, obviously. But, Peter tells me that she can hinder my prayers. So an outside source can hinder an inside spiritual desire. Something on the outside, something outside of my spirit man that is really connected with God and full of good things and something can hinder my prayers. So I need to know about that. I need to find out what's hindering my prayers if it is. Now listen. We've got, we've got if, if we've ever been in, an, in a season where prayer needs to have answers, it's here. Family, nation, health, all these things. So I don't want to just go to prayer and have my prayer, like, you know, on the phone says, not delivered. What do you mean not delivered? All my texts get delivered. Why didn't that get delivered? And so you fuss around and you try to find out what's the hindrance. Oh, I'm not hooked up to the internet. Well, how'd that happen? You didn't pay the bill? You're too far out in the desert? (laughs) What's going on here? My text didn't go through. And some of your prayer texts don't get through because of outside influence. And Peter suggests that one of them is the fact that I'm not treating my wife as the scripture says, I'm to treat her as Jesus would or Christ treats the church. So this is not a marriage center, seminar. Don't get nervous. Amen. Because if it was, we had really, and my wife's not here, I can have a lot of fun with it, you know. But, uh, but I, w- I just want to touch two things today because I want to clear the path for prayer to be answered. And I want to give you some direction in the season we're in. We're in a critical season for health and for national future. We're in a critical season for both. And the prayers of the church are the only thing that will bring us through. Politics and all the politicians, they're just, you know, they're God's window dressing. He told us to pray for them. He told us that they're important because they are for our good and for our defense, for our protection. But the saints, the prayers of the saints, you and I, are the key to the future of our health, our families, and our church. And if my prayers are being hindered, Lord, tell me why. I want to know if there's a hindrance to what I'm saying to you. Now, 
I was sitting on my front porch in the summer evening a week or two ago and uh, enjoying a little break in the day. And I looked up and our sidewalk is kind of eye level. We dipped down a little bit off the road, off the street. And I saw a piece of trash, a piece of paper tumbling down the sidewalk. And uh, it took a right turn and came into my yard. And it stopped and stayed there. And I said, that didn't look right. Somebody, So I heard the voice of the Lord said, somebody just threw trash in your yard. <laughs> hmm. I said, yeah, they did. Look at there. And I went my way, and the Holy Spirit started gnawing on me and said, son, somebody threw trash in your yard. What are you going to do about it? And that night I had a dream about a man of God that I have known for years, uh, 30, 40 years. Man of God, a man of God who had worked his life in the kingdom. And a number of years ago, somebody said something about him that was negative. That wasn't hell and heaven stuff, but it was negative. It was something that put a stain. Now, I, didn't, I wasn't ever around him, and I didn't interchange with him. He was in another place. So I just, you know, okay, well, too bad. And I set it aside and went on my life. But God said, son, somebody threw trash in your yard. Now, the Lord began to talk to me about what are you going to do about it? Your prayers are hindered when there's trash in your yard. So this is what I do with trash. And I want to help you you if you need this. When someone speaks about someone, now if you took that to court, you'd get thrown out. Well, I, I, I heard somebody say something about him. He needs to go to jail. Well, you're not a good witness. You didn't see it. It, wasn't, it didn't happen to you, but you, somebody told you that that person was a crook or a bad person or they did this or they did that, and they threw trash in your yard, and now you have to deal with it. You have to, you, you have to, you have to you know, you either throw it out or you just mow around it, one of the two. So the Holy Spirit began to talk to me and said, son, you need to deal with this. Now, this, this, man's, this man's not in my life. Matter of fact, he may, he may, he, I think he might have stepped over into glory by now. He's gone. And so the Lord said, you need to deal with it. So this, this is what I had to do. This is, what I, this is how I deal with something like that. I take it into the courts of God. Now, the courts of God to me are his presence. As you, you know, there's various names, and sometimes they change a little bit. But when we, when we say, man, there's, there's a fair amount of people that I'm hanging around today in this day that say, we step into heaven. And you say, well, how can you go to heaven? You've got to die to go to heaven. No, I'm talking about the place where God lives. Now, God lives in the, his presence. In his presence is the fullness of joy. And we talk a lot about, well, we were in the presence of the Lord. Because the glory, you know, the, the songs and the, and, the, and the joy of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, well, that's, that's true. We had a manifestation of that, but we can, by faith, step into and be in his presence. 
Everything's by faith. You say, I believe it, so it's so. You see, faith is something that you believe, and when you do, you encounter it and you experience it. That's how faith works, amen? Now, I step into that place I call the courts of God, where God reigns, rules, and judges, and makes decrees. And as you step in, I have a picture in my mind of Zechariah 3. Now, Zechariah 3, the priest stepped into the court of God, and he was in there with, the, with Zechariah. Zechariah was in the vision with him. And when he did, he stepped into to a place, and they, his, his clothes were dirty, his turban was dirty, so that indicates he needs some refreshing. He needs some cleansing or some renewal, and they changed his turban, that head covering, and that's talking about having a mind renewal. Now, the word repentance actually means a change of mind. I know the, 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 the uh, you know, my background, wherever you came from, probably the same, that repentance means that I, I repent of all my sins, and sometimes we get somebody, you know, we say, come and repent of all your sins, so they start when they've stole their first candy bar up until they, you know, shot the neighbor or whatever, and that's, you're not, you're not, you're not coming to God to repent of those sins. Those are, those are collateral sins. The sin that we repent of is denying or rejecting or not accepting the, the, the Christ of the cross, and when we, when we say, I believe, that's, that settles all those other things. Amen. Now, am I sorry for that? Am I ashamed of that? I don't want to do it, obviously. But that's not the sin we're dealing with. The sin was the broken relationship that started all that mess, that caused all that chaos in our life, was the rejection or the denial or not even understanding Christ. So when we come to the Lord, our mind is changed. Now, the word repentance actually means to go back to where you started from. That's where they get the word penthouse, back to the top. So when we come to repentance, it's not just a sorrow, I'm sorry. We come back to a mind change that I have been sent from the Father as a spirit filled with his DNA, and I was sent to earth to have a message, a purpose, a trajectory, and a destiny. And in that DNA that he put in that little embryo and then into a forming child and then to a delivered child, there was a destiny and a purpose that God put in my, in my, in my, in my future. Now, sin then, this the stain of sin. Now, the Revelation says there's a, there's a, uh, 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 monster tiger uh, you know out waiting for the delivery of that man child in that picture where she's delivering a child and that's certainly the abortion picture in this age where the, the spirit of Moloch that in in the in the age of the uh, worship of Moloch where they sacrifice children uh, on the on the burnt offerings you know and and to to have better crops and to have a better life so they sacrifice their children we've come into a time when the abortion is that Moloch spirit where we sacrifice our children. Now listen, when there, when there was a prophecy of a deliverer, Moses in Moses' day, they had to protect the children and Moses was protected because the spirit of Moloch goes and kills all the future prophets, evangelists, 
fathers and mothers and scientists and inventors trying to kill out the deliverer. Now, when Jesus came, uh, Herod heard the same thing. You remember the Christmas story where the Magi's came and said, where is the king? And then oh, Herod says, well, I'm excited too. Tell me about it. And when you find him, come back and tell me. You know, he wipes his chin because he's going to kill the sucker. So yeah, they said, they said, when they must have got a word from the Lord, don't go back to Herod. And they snuck out of town. Well, what did he do? He killed, he killed all the babies under two years of age. Why? Because God sends into babies, into you when you were a baby, when you were an embryo, a DNA of heaven, and you have a gift, and you have a calling, and you have a purpose, and sin, the sin that comes through the byproduct of rejecting Christ, knocks you off track until you end up in bondage or hell, you come some kind of hell on earth, some kind of broken lifestyle, because that you were derailed. Now, what do we do about it? We come back into the presence of the Lord and get our turban changed so our mind comes back to what God has actually called me to. I come back to the penthouse. I repent and come up again to my calling. I have the DNA of heaven and I am not called to be a thug. I'm called to be a saint of God and a voice in this nation for the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's you. Now, if you've got an old theological head, I might have missed some of that. Your language maybe doesn't fit. So don't, don't miss what God's saying just because I'm saying it in just a different little form or term. We are not on some kind of the bus leaves, we get our coat caught in the bus door and we're dragged along. You know, we're just being dragged along. No. We've got our hand on the steering wheel of that sucker. We are kingdom people. Praise God. Now, I'm arguing with myself here, you know, as I hear you say, well, that couldn't be me because I'm a chump. I'm just a bump in the road. I'm just a clod that's kicked back and forth like a hockey puck. I hope God wins, but maybe he won't. Maybe the devil will win today, and maybe I'll, come on, come on, God won a long time ago. (laughs) This is mop-up time. We're not trying to find out who won. That was sealed at the cross. It's a done deal. Now, he can lie to you like it's going on a lot around, and I'm not going to mention anything, but there's a lot of lying going on right now. So don't listen to the lies. Listen to that place in the Spirit. Where we step in the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. I'm really glad. Now, I'm not going to take count. I might get somebody caught and embarrassed. That we take baths regularly. Not every day, maybe, but, you know, enough that we don't offend I would suggest you need to step into the presence of the Lord regularly. We need to have that regular cleansing, refreshing, and reminding. Because we can forget the battle gets tough. Sometimes the dust gets in our eyes. We come back in to his presence. Now, every one of us have a place to go. Now, Scripture talks out of... um, Exodus, 
think it's 32. Moses made a tent, took a tent outside the camp, and they call it in the Amplified the Tent of Meetings. King James is the tabernacle. Took a tent, set it outside the tent, and he initiated, God initiated, and together, this is where I'm going to meet the Lord. He called it the Tent of Meetings. Now, I want to establish, I want to talk about that a little bit today, because if we're going to step into the presence of the Lord, you need a personal Tent of Meetings. You need a place where you know God will meet you. Now, don't, please, don't get me wrong here. The church is, is so much a part of our life that we, it's just like our bones, you know. We know we, we come, we worship. But don't make this your tent of meetings. Don't do that because that way you have to wait a week. You have to go to a building. You have to, you have to have a song and you have to have the preacher preach. And then you come to the altar and four or five people pray for you. Do not stay there. Start there, but don't stay there. We all started there. Thank God we all started. Somebody came along and prayed for us. It helped us. But there comes a time when I need to establish a place in my daily Walk with the Lord where I know how to turn to the side and enter a place that I've called my tent of meetings. And I would suggest to you that every one of you probably have one already in some form. If you've, if you've walked long enough in this spiritual life, you know there's a place you can go to and find help, comfort, a voice, you know, a, 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 at least a little more peace than I'm having now. And I tell you, faith is like a muscle. If you'll exercise it, it'll get stronger. You begin to go in there and talk to the Lord and begin to hear the Lord. Now, it took me a long time. I, I've been in this thing. <laughs> I, was, I was saved this coming Easter, 70 years. That's a long time to be saved. <laughs> God knew that he's going to have to work on me a long time, so he gave me 70 years to get me somewhere close to the target. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm getting a little closer every day, but in those years, it took me, it took me a, a, quite a number of years to realize that when I come into the Lord's presence, I don't have to talk all the time. I don't know, I, we were trained in the early days that you go to, you pray two hours a day and you talk for two hours a day. You pray, you say, oh God, and then you worship, and then you say the voices. There's a time when you need to shut up and listen. Just zip it and listen and let your heart be filled with his voice and let your mind hear. The, the scriptures, if, if, if you've never heard anything else, just let the scriptures roll through. And then as the scriptures begin to roll through, you'll begin to hear some additions to the, not, not addition to the Bible, but amplification of what the scripture means. Amen. John 3.16, every one of us kind of got saved by it. When I was first saved in the first years, it was just John 3.16. But after a number of years, it was just a doorway into the Christ who is in John 3.16. And it was, it was just an entrance into a world bigger than John 3.16, you know, the page and the ink and the words. But it, 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 it let me into the kingdom of God that has so much breadth and length and depth and height. And, <laughs> Whoa! I didn't know this was all here. How'd that happen? I visited more than once. I kept going back. Now, for me, I have two spots that I go to my tent of meeting. Now, don't copy these because it'd be legal. These are mine. I got them copyrighted. 
until I write the book and then you can buy the book. Okay. <clears throat> a number of years ago, I was in a dream. Now, dreams are so much Bible. I mean, if you don't, if you don't see dreams in the Bible, you haven't, read, you haven't read maybe two or three pages. So you need to know dreams are one of the communications God deals with us often. Now, not all dreams are godly dreams. We know that. But I tell you, many times God can open up the heart. Now, I believe dreams are kind of a catharsis also. We'll have a, we'll have a, I'll have a dream. <laughs> i got to get too personal here. But have a dream and you wake up feeling, yeah. Ooh, that was awful. You know, some kind of bank robbery or whatever I did. I believe dreams are also a cleansing. And our soul needs to have a release in some areas. We can't do it here. And so God does it in a dream. And if you'll let that thing go and say, well, that was, <laughs> that was interesting, Lord. Thanks for the cleaning of the house. <laughs> Even there was something down there I needed to have clean. You let it out in a dream. I just reject it in Jesus' name. Do that. You'll find. <laughs> okay, back to the scriptures here. So I had a dream, and in this dream, I'm going down the road, and I'm in the southern state of Kentucky or Tennessee. It's kind of in that region, and I noticed across to my right was a park setting, typical park setting, trees and so forth. And in the middle of the park was a three-story courthouse, 1880 Sears. And it was, it was empty, windows broken, it had been abandoned. And I noticed it, and I said, well, look at there, and I drove on. And when I woke, God began to talk to me about that dream, and he said, son, I want you to go back to that courthouse, and I want you to restore that courthouse, and I want you to have that courthouse as your meeting place because I want to teach you some things about rulership and regions and, you know, judgment and all that, and judging. So I did. Now, how do you, how do you restore a courthouse in your dreams? I did it in the same form I got it, in my mind, in my, in my thinking, in my imagination. So I took my imagination. By faith, I stepped into that imaginary world that God can give me pictures, and I begin to see the courthouse restored. Boom, boom, boom. No, I didn't have to go to Lowe's and pay 45 bucks for a two-before, but I just, you know, <laughs> little exaggeration, but, you know, wait long enough, you'll get there. Okay. And after a few seasons of that, sessions of that rather, I had a courthouse and I began to go to that courthouse. And as I did, I took my angels with me and we went in and we had, we had court. My office ended up being um, the outer court, the inner court, and the holy place. And I could experience, as I went in there, I could experience the presence of the Lord in different dimensions, so that was, that was a tent of meetings for me. So when I need to go, when I need to take something to heaven, to, to the presence of the Lord, and I have a prayer request, I take it to the courthouse. And I go in to the courthouse, and I begin to uh, adjudicate before the Lord and stand before the judge and bring this petition as an intercessor and a prayer person before the judge of all creation, and I plead the cause in intercession. Now you say, well, I've done that for years, but I don't go to a courthouse. I just sit in my bedroom. Good. That's your tent of meetings. That's good. That's your place. This is what God began to teach me in. Now, a number of years later, just a year or two ago, I had, a, I had another experience 
and God took me to a, <clears throat> to a door, and I, 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 I'm a door guy. I, I, I do a lot of doors. I know that, but <laughs> I'm hung up on doors, I guess. And uh, I stood in front of this door, and on, on the plaque, a brass plaque on front of the door said, Believing faith room. Now, you're way ahead of me, I know, on this, but uh, you, you know, nothing happens without faith. He that cometh to God must believe. So, simple 101 gospel. Believing faith room. So I open the door as I do in my, in my spiritual journey as I walk, open the door and went in. Now, when I got in, I got into a room, uh, you know, 20 by 20 or 30 by 30. Dimensions is, you know, not important, but there they were in. I saw a door, and over here was a door that said, Salvation. I said, hey, I got that one. Glory to God. Holy Spirit, healing, prophecy, all the common things that I was so familiar with. There was a door for everyone. I thought, wow, this is quite a room. Believing faith room. When you enter into the believing faith room, you have the opportunity then to have salvation and healing and forgiveness. And all these things that we enjoy are beyond that door called the believing faith door. Now, all of you entered that door without this crazy illustration of going through one. You just stepped through, you know, didn't see a door. You just got saved. You believed the preacher. You you know, all those things that we've done. Amen. I'm not undoing any of that. But I want you to know that to get trash out of your yard, you got to get into a place where you can have your head changed and your heart changed and be released. A number of weeks later, after I'd visited that room a few times, I, all of a sudden, like a telescope out of one of the walls, a, door, a hallway appeared, and just like one of those, one of those uh, illusions, you know, that you see. And uh, on each side of the hallway were doorways, as far as I can see. And the Spirit of God said to me, he said, Son, inside this believing faith room, there's a doorway that you can enter to get anything you need and any problem, any question, anything you ever need from the Lord, there's a door with a name on it. Wisdom, counsel, peace, all those things that we seek. Now, if I'm tracking this morning and helping someone, I want you to take a hold of this. I don't want to be out here in my own little fantasy world. I want to to open a door for you to take some trash out of your yard and you do it by faith and you do it by entering in and talking to the Lord about it and giving it, a, giving it, you know, dealing with it. So I did that with this trash in my yard and that man of God stain, you know, someone had said something. Well, did you know? No, I didn't know. Tell me, I'll feel better when I know, you know. <laughs> We do it. I mean, come on, you perfect people. Don't be lying out there, you know. That's, that's how it happens. And, it's, you know, if somebody says something about a preacher and, um, and he did something that I would never do, and I say, well, I must be a better preacher. Oh, did I say preacher? I meant plumber. Uh, uh, so, something in our old man nature, somehow if they stumble and fall, or if they have a bad day, then we didn't. We say, well, I guess I'm doing better than them. Come on, that's not, that's not, that's not the new man in Christ, is it? That's the one we, <laughs> we kick away. So, today we're going to deal with trash. And we're going to ask the Lord to 
give us a tent of meetings. And I guarantee you, if you'll set up a system, a schedule, a habit, you'll find that there'll be a cleansing in your life. You won't clutter. You won't be cluttered. Amen. You won't be cluttered. My wife accuses me of being a hoarder. I think she's stretching the truth a little bit. God, I'm sorry. Don't strike me now. Later. (laughs) Just, I, I like to keep things. Don't keep the trash in your yard. Now, here's what I guarantee. Somebody is already in your face, and you're going to meet him this week, or they're going to, they're, you're going to run into him this week. Take care of it today. <laughs> Take care of it today. My wife and I are traveling up I-5, 50 years we've been running back and forth. Going through Chehalis, pulling my, our trailer heading to Canada. And the smoke started boiling out of the Oldsmobile. I said, oh, no, what's the matter? And I pull into this little station on the edge of Chehalis. And out comes the attendant. His name was Tiny. And he, 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 he wasn't Tiny. <clears throat> and I don't know, he, somebody gave him the name. But, and he, he says, okay, I'll end. And he, takes, and, he says, and he takes my tires and looks and takes my tires. He said, well, you got a bad wheel bearing. i got to go. So two hours later, he comes back. Shows me the wheel bearing. And there was a suspicious hammer blow on the wheel bearing. It wouldn't turn, you know. So we take off. 20 miles down the road, car starts smoking again. Found out it was the transmission overheating and blowing oil on the hot muffler. Well, every time I went through Chehalis, (laughs) old Tiny got the fist in the air, you know. You ripped me off, you person. I did. Well, somewhere in those months, I suppose, God began to reveal to us that we really needed to forgive people. You know, there was a time that the church didn't teach forgiveness. It was, you know, let them burn in hell type of thing. I'm serious. There was a time when forgiveness, I mean, I'm forgiven, but shoot, you know, you're on your own. (laughs) And so I dealt with tiny and the way I knew how then in those days, just, you know, release it, forgive. I let it go. And then... (laughs) I didn't, my teeth were not too tight, you know, but I worked at it. So I'm called, two months later, I'm called to preach in Chehalis. Guess who's in the choir? <laughs> Singing like an angel. And guess who was happy that I had taken care of the problem ahead of time? <laughs> oh, I would have been over there at Tiny's feet repenting, but God gave me grace. And I was able to do it ahead of do it ahead of time today. If something's in your face or in your mind, let it go. And you find out God's going to do some miracles. I guarantee if you'll do that, that person that you have in your in your thinking will be released to come into God's best. Because somehow in the crazy mysteries of God's kingdom, we can hold people in bondage by our attitudes. So when we release them to God, God steps in. We stop judging, so God will come in and judge. When we judge, He won't. When we let judgment go, God says, all right, now let's go to court. Let's take care of this. Number one, Lord, remove our trash today. We release it to you. Complicated or simple, people or things, Wounds of the past, broken marriages, lies that have been told about us, 
firing of jobs, disappointment in careers, all those things, Lord, we just let the trash deliverer pick it up and take it away. Lord, the, tra- the, the trash man that picks it up, not the one that delivers, but the one that picks it up. Lord, I just release this house unto a cleansing in the personal lives of every one of our saints. Let us have, Lord, a release and a freedom from things that we may have not even known we've had held in our hearts or minds. And Lord, let the release of this thing take place today in Jesus' name. Put new turbans on our head. Let our minds be refreshed. Let us have a penthouse experience where we have repented to go back to the place that God sees us. He never sees us as we are. He sees us as he has made us. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now, Lord, I ask for a Holy Spirit revelation of a personal tent of meetings. Lord, not as fancy or as complicated as mine, but simply find that place you can enter in. The bedroom with music, the backyard in the garden, the altar at, uh, at, uh, at the church or in your prayer group. Wherever you know you can meet the Lord, Father, I pray for a refreshing, regular entering into the tent of meetings where we know God is there to meet our needs. And Lord, hear our prayer. Don't let anything hinder our prayer. And Holy Spirit, you're so faithful to talk to us about it. If there is something, you'll bring it to our attention. You'll put it in our thinking. You'll bring it before our our eyes, our understanding. Do not let trash be in my yard or the yards of any of these that are here. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. Hallelujah. One more snapshot, then I'll, I'll be through. And I, I, I know uh, some, of the, some of the things I talk about may be a little odd or <clears throat> out of the general, you know, <clears throat> track we're on, but... <clears throat> I'm a little odd, so I guess you, <laughs> what do you say? Um, about 30 years ago, there was a man of God from our region that was just so powerful, young man, and um, just taking the world by storm. About 10 years ago or so, he hit a, a rough patch and really fell, as we would say, maybe 15 years ago really fell, and as we do often in our oversight of the kingdom, we say, well, too bad, and we just hold them there in our thinking. That's, they get, you know, they, they park. There's no process, no progress. As far as we're concerned, they're still there. Well, as God began to take me through this in the last few years, this, this happened probably several years ago, I come across a man that I interchanged with, a man of God, a prophet, that had some personal uh, ministry to this young man just this last year and a half, two years ago, and told me of his restoration, 
his renewal, his new anointing, his entering back in, the gifts of God. And I said, Lord, I've got to deal with that. And I did. I released it. I asked forgiveness for my holding him in that old place. Now, I, I, I go in to the courts of the Lord often, and I went in one day after that, and I'm standing in the presence of the Lord, the angels of God. Now, if you've not, if you've not had a picture of this, you need to go to Revelations and 24 elders, the midriff of angels, the, 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 uh, the rainbow. Jesus is the intercessor. Holy Spirit's there as our advocate. You know, the seven spirits before the throne. It's quite a crowd. Actually, it's, it's amazing. I'm there in my spirit and in my imaginative faith spirit. I'm there. And I heard a noise behind me. <clears throat> this, you know, like all of a sudden everything's disrupted. The door bangs open. And in comes a troop of, uh, of uh, spirits or people. Guess who was coming in? That guy I had forgiven. <laughs> I had done it ahead of time. I'm in the same place he's at. Amen. Now, you know, there's no separation or distance. We're all in the same body. There's no dead saints. They're all saints. Scripture says he's the God of the living and the God of the dead. So when we die, we just step into a a, a world you can't see with a natural eye. So if there's somebody that's already gone over, and you've still got things grinding on you, let it go. Just let You need that. Amen. You need that. Hallelujah. I've been prophesying all morning, just in different language. And when I say something that the scripture says, that's a prophetic word to you and to me. When God says this, it's a spoken word and I receive it, Lord. So I release you into this, this journey we're on. No trash in the yard, Lord. I'm going to take it to the throne. I'm going to find me a ten of meetings that I can go to and find help in the time of need. <laughs> Ziglag is one of my favorite snapshots of David. I mean, he's come home and the whole town's gone, his wife, his kids. Now, he's traveling with six or 700 killers, and they decide to kill him. That's a bad day. <clears throat> and he knew where the ten of meetings was. He called for the elements of the presence of the Lord, which was, you know, the priest's things and the smoke and all that. And he used it to save his life and to save the life of everybody involved. He went into his tent of meeting. He knew where to go. I love you guys. And uh, I'm just a little uncertain about hugging and laying hands on and grabbing you, but (laughs) there's no distance, so you got it. You've got it. I've got my hand on your head right now. I'm speaking a prophetic word over you. I'm releasing you unto wholeness. I'm saying be healed. I'm telling you this is a turning point for our nation and for your family. Let's see this as a miracle day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. What a great word to us today, amen. 
whatever you're dealing with in your life, and it, and it, and if and the garbage hasn't been taken out in a while, you know we take the garbage out at our house every Monday, because if you don't, it starts to stink. I tell you, we don't want that in our spiritual lives. Amen. Such a great word today to us. Yes, yes. Oh, let me pray over you. Father God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the reproof. Thank you for the instruction, the correction, everything that goes with your word. Lord, we receive it into our lives today. We pray, God, that we would take the word to heart, that we just wouldn't, it wouldn't fall on deaf ears. Lord, but we would take the seed of the word today and it would be planted in our spirits. We planted deep in our hearts, God, that when we come up against things, we come up against that unforgiving spirit, Lord, that we would be able to deal with it, get it done, take it care of, set it aside, and walk on in your blessing and your goodness, we pray. Be with everyone that's here. Bless them, Lord, again for their faithfulness to be in your house. And we say, everybody said, amen. 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 Lord bless you guys. Hey, if you know somebody that wasn't here today, be an ambassador of one.